0: Hey you, I'm so happy you're listening. It's a beautiful Sunday, February 18th. I'm so surprised how fast February always goes. Like January always takes 72 days and we're already more than halfway through February. I'm your host, Crystal. Thanks for tuning in to the Shack of Sit. I'm your host, Kayla. And today we're kind of going to talk about how Kayla and I felt when we were separated as children. And we wanted to kind of go over how to set healthy boundaries or how we've set healthy boundaries and the advantages of setting healthy boundaries and what it was like living with or just dealing with a narcissistic human being in your life. And believe it or not, more people deal with narcissists than you think, you know?
1: Well, we didn't even realize that we were until... Like, last year. Right. And then we were, like, the blindfold was off and we were, like, wait a minute. This happened, this happened, this happened. Now we see, like, this wasn't just a mean thing that we were feeling or going through. Like, this is narcissism. Right. And I still didn't want to believe that up until my therapist was, like, yeah, you're dealing with a lot of narcissism in your life. Right. And I'm, like... How can one person, am I the problem? And she said, No, because if you were the problem, you wouldn't ask if you were the problem. Most narcissists don't care if they're the problem.
0: Yeah. And I think that even though my therapist also confirmed that as well, hearing it from you again was just such an affirmation and just reassurance that it kind of makes you emotional because you're like, Okay, I'm not crazy yeah and then it's like
1: dealing with the reality of it because you know like you think before knowing that you want to know and you want to hear validation and then when you hear the validation it's like a stab in the heart because you're like well you know not many narcissists change their ways or their tactics it's just a cycle
0: because they're unable to
1: it's not unconditional love it's
0: a transactional love yeah because they're trying to fill a void with something outside of themselves inside of themselves
1: yeah and it's about control and it's about what can you do for me and when you say no then you're no good to me
0: right and I mean some of the things that I mean, I can. We can just go ahead and get into it. Some of the things that they do, for instance, is like helping total strangers, but feeling completely burdened when having to help you. Yeah. And I mean, they'll go out of their way,
1: always seeming so nice and kind. And let me just support you. Oh my gosh, you you are doing such an amazing job. Mm-hmm. But then we do something
0: that we are like oh my gosh I'm so proud of this and they're like well you could do better. Right. And their behavior highlights their lack of genuine empathy for like a real relationship. Yes. And not only and it's more so you know.
1: Well and we're very empathetic people. Right. And it's always like a moth to a flame. Empathetic people always attract narcissists because they know that they're empathetic. Mm-hmm. They know that they are good people that want to always help others and so they take advantage of that. Right. While the empath is like, oh, everyone's like me and they all want to help others. And then you find out
0: no, they don't. Right. And I think that it's important to say, I feel like I need to say this. So the reason it's so important to set boundaries is because it's it's a violation of your health overall not to number one and number two most of the time when you're setting boundaries you're setting them from the people that are closest to you if that makes sense
1: and that's how you know if they mean well or not because you set healthy boundaries for a healthy person, they're going to be like I respect your boundaries. If you set healthy boundaries and they're not a healthy person they're going to be mad and revengeful and do things out of spite.
0: Right. And so I wanted to say that also and not only do we not are, not only are we empathetic and attract narcissists but Kayla and I have obviously grown up in a household with a narcissist and obviously like she said we didn't realize that we were dealing with narcissism until last year that's when we kind of like started I guess to study it and figure it out and we were still uneasy saying like those terms yeah like Is it really narcissism or?
1: Because people do throw that word around a lot for just anyone.
0: Right. But. When you break it down. And. Go over all of the years. And all of the abuse. And all of the symptoms or side effects of narcissism. The characteristics. It's written out in plain text she has treated us so differently but we're both victims of narcissism if that makes sense she triangulated us
1: we I always grew up wondering why can't the three of us ever do anything together why is it it's always mom and crystal or me and mom but never all three of us. And it was because it was like when I was mad at her, hey, Crystal, how are you? Let's be best friends. When you guys got into it, then it was like, hey, Kayla, you're the golden child. You were always the black sheep. I was always the people pleaser golden child until I set boundaries. <laughs> and now I'm also the black sheep.
0: Right. And typically it. It was more so you and mom than it ever was me and mom.
1: Well, I think, especially in my younger days, like, when when she would go take you shopping or do stuff and I wasn't allowed, or, like, even after having, you know, my oldest, when she wasn't speaking to me for something little that, like, I stood up for myself for it really really hurt me because I was used to being the golden child and always around so then from the outside looking in I'm like but I see that she did that on purpose it wasn't even that she wanted to take you out it was I'm gonna show Kayla
0: exactly it and it was never just to spend time with me or it was filling a void inside of her to hurt you Mm -hmm. And show you, like, well, if you're not going to go with me, then she will kind of thing. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Yeah, and she always did that. And it's crazy because I even remember as we grew up, my mom has always allowed people to just randomly move in with us, which is cool. We kind of thought, like, okay, she's such a good person that she's willing to open her door to my dad's sister, my dad's brother and his wife, my mom's friend that she hasn't spoken to in 10 years, things like that. And we were like, wow, she's she's a really good individual. You know, like when we were younger, we thought, thought this. But realistically, it's because once again, narcissists value the opinions of others and help strangers more than they do anybody else around them because they want to be perceived as good. Right. Despite their close relationship with anybody, they just, they continuously seek admiration from outsiders. And she's always done that. I mean, especially materialistic things. I mean, she, we never talked about any kind of finances in our house there was never any talk I tell you I didn't know how to write a check until I was 28 years old and granted half of that is my fault yes I probably should have taken the time to learn how to but until I got with Tatum's dad I didn't know how to write a check because mom never taught us any life skills Mm mm-mm like literally none the
1: the one the things that you don't learn in school you think your family will teach you and I'm sure other families have done that and you know I make sure when I'm doing things I'm like look this is how you leave a tip for somebody this is how you do that and we were never given the time to learn anything and then you know that goes back to like the time we were making pancakes We didn't really know what we were doing for, like, Mother's Day or something. And Doug got so mad. And it was like, it would have taken you 10 minutes to just sit there and be like, this is how you make a pancake. Okay, fun. Now let's clean up the mess together.
0: It was Mother's Day, wasn't it?
1: I feel like it was. It was something. We were doing something for Mom. Yeah. And instead of even doing that, he came into the kitchen screaming threw them outside
0: yeah, he door. threw the pancakes out the back door.
1: Yeah, and then he slammed down the paper towel rack. Do you remember that paper towel rack? Yes, with the little sunbonnet guy on it. Yeah, and was spitting in my face. He was screaming so hard about the mess that we had made, which it was just like you know a little pancake batter on the counter, I and mean, we were just trying to do
0: something nice. Typical pancake mess. Like I'm an adult and still make a shit ton of pancake mess. <laughs> Me you too. know what I mean? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that really hurt, because it was like, you know, you just expect to be like, oh my gosh, you made pancakes for me, and then, no, he threw them out the back door, all the ones that we had already made and spent our time on, and we're so proud of.
0: And then, even at that age, I mean, I was 14 at the time, and you were 11?
1: Yeah, I believe so.
0: And then whenever we would go to our mom at that age, when we were old enough to, like, ask questions, she never would give us a direct answer. She would never really. He was never in the wrong. Ever. Still isn't. And there there was never any taking up for us. There was never any, why would you do that, Doug? Or, like, even behind, I can't say there, I guess, because I wasn't there, that there wasn't any taking up for us behind closed doors. But if there were in my mind, if there, if she had a take, if she had taken up for us behind closed doors, then there would have been change behavior. There, there would have been some kind of apology or, hey, let's sit down and work this out and communicate. Let me teach you how to make pancakes now. Right,
1: but, but, what, but they never spent time with us like that. There was no time to teach no. us how to make pancakes, write a check,
0: no, anything. And once again, do a puzzle. Not giving a direct answer is another characteristic of a narcissist because it's a tactic to maintain control. They want to confuse you, they avoid accountability of any kind. Mm-hmm. You know? And I mean, she's never given a direct answer. Even when she called you, you know, Kayla came over my house. One day, this is before she moved in with me.
1: I think it was in, like, July.
0: Yeah. And mom didn't know that she was over here at the house. And she was texting me about, I forget what exactly it was about, but something about how Kayla wasn't talking to her. and Oh,
1: that you were the reason that I wasn't talking to her.
0: Right. And... I was trying to explain to her that, like, Kayla's her own person. I have nothing to do with why Kayla isn't speaking to her. And I knew that because Kayla had actually confided in me and told me that. And it's not my place. It's none of my business to sit here and have this conversation with her, right? And basically, she's just like, you're a piece of shit. I was like, oh, well, thank you. You know, like, thanks for saying that. I appreciate you. Well... Kayla was kind of just telling me, like, just, you know, tell her that this is, it has nothing to do with you, and I did. Well, she called Kayla the next day, the next night, and Kayla recorded the phone call. Oh, she went off on me, and the whole time it was,
1: it's Crystal's fault, it's David's fault, it's this person's fault, and I said, no. No. It's none of those people's faults. <laughs> like, if I'm not speaking to you, you should ask yourself what what could it be between me and you?
0: Yeah, like what could I have done to make her not speak to me?
1: Well, e- not even that. Like, I don't want her to necessarily blame herself. And that on that day, I didn't. You know, like I just wanted her to realize, like, it's no one from the outside's fault that. I myself am choosing not to speak to you and you also as an adult like we are two adults it should be between me and you but because I've never been seen as my own person I'm hers her property correct um you know it was well Kayla can't think for herself it is Crystal's fault it is David's
0: fault but no. Yeah. It's You've been completely fault. influenced and brainwashed. Oh yeah. Her words. Yeah. Her words. Because how dare she could never fathom me Having a voice. Yeah. Having a, a mind of your own. And saying, saying no to her. Making decisions by yourself and saying no to her and standing your ground. And the thing is is that even And
1: if, I tried to sit and talk to her about that. Right. And at the, the beginning of the same exact she conversation. Was like, oh my goodness. Like I just miss you, da-da-da-da-da. And by the end, she was like, I'll never fucking change. Yeah. And I was like, and that's the
0: problem. Goodbye. Right. And she cried the entire time and always made it about somebody else. She never – and that's the thing. Even if she hears this and she hears this same conversation that we've both had with her, this same conversation – She's not She's not going to see it and she she's not going to be able to look inside herself and see that this is something that she needs to change. She will never be able to take accountability and unfortunately that's the narcissism in her. And yeah, because I mean
1: even when we were speaking and she was bawling her eyes out, she's very good at acting. Um it was at first your fault, David's fault, everybody's fault and then once I continuously said no, these are my thoughts like this is how it is I'm not talking about it at all if you can't see that like if you can't take some responsibility in this we'll just see that like these are my thoughts the the I am speaking on my behalf no one else's right and, I'm my own person uh yeah with my own voice and my own opinions and then it was why would you do this? why would you do that? And, and was, my husband has cancer.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Then it's the playing the victim part.
1: And I said, well, then you should be more worried about that instead of calling me and bashing me and going off on Crystal and like. And and not only does she, and it makes me feel bad because when we speak the truth about her, it, it sounds, sounds
0: horrible. It does
1: sound, and it... I'm. It feels as an empath like you're just sitting here bashing someone. But really, these are facts. These are her characteristics as a human being on this earth.
0: Right. And as bad as it, not only as bad as it feels or as bad as it sounds, that's as bad as it really is, though. You know what I mean? And like, and I think another thing that hurts in not
1: validating us is the rest of the family goes along with it.
0: And sweeps it under the rug. Yeah. And so it really is just me and you against the world well yeah pretty much and because no one else in our family has boundaries and i know when they hear this this is gonna set a fucking flame like i'm telling you it's gonna be like a fucking atomic bomb went off with you two yeah you two are fucked up you two have like collaborated conspire you know made like um made a conspiracy and made our family look bad because that's all they're worried about is the way they image look. image you know what i'm saying like keeping up with the joneses once again the material things like with mom and stuff like it's crazy but she goes through it's like i mean she can show the characteristics of a narcissist within one hour one conversation i should say because then she goes through the victim part of my husband has cancer and this and this and this whatever right mm-hmm. and not only does she blame other people when she's talking to you but she oh, calls and- this she calls you my sister and literally just bashes me that's bashing that's yeah. bashing
1: it, like like why would you say these things about your daughter
0: and that's what I to told her your other daughter
1: i told her i was like who what mother says these things I would never say that about my child
0: to try to convince you though yeah that's the thing and then she when was I was taking to to it you. then she
1: had to try another tactic when I wasn't taking that then it I, by the end of the conversation it was like your sister's a bitch your best friend's a bitch I'm like what she gotta do with it right <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. like
0: your dad's a piece of shit you're <laughs> fucking you know everybody but me is a piece of shit yeah <laughs> pretty much like <laughs> she went from blaming everybody and now else, you are too right and
1: I'm never changing right, right. I'm like okay I it know. went, it went know, from the blame
0: game to crystal victim. yeah crystal deserves to be buried under the jail and she's the fucking uh she shouldn't breathe the same air as me yeah she's the fucking piece of shit and blah 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 blah. her son doesn't want anything to do with her blah zee, blah whoop de woo to victim to by the way crystal's a fucking bitch morgan's a bitch if
1: anyone's done brainwashing Yeah. I'm sorry to say, but from the time we were born, we were property. And we were made to believe that her opinion was the highest.
0: Yes, And it was the only one.
1: Even after having kids, you know, and moving into my own apartment, I'm like, oh, I want to set his room up like this. And she came in there like, no, the crib needs to go here and this needs to go there. And then months later, I had my second kid and she was like, I would come home from work and my kitchen table would be moved. And like my Tupperware cabinet is not where it was. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? And she's like, it looks better this way. And so I'd like move my kitchen table back. And I'm like, no, this is my house. You don't pay my bills. Like, and then she'd come back and she'd move it again. And I'm like, okay, you can't babysit my kids anymore because you're moving my whole house around.
0: Literally. And every time, that started. Every time other... that you would leave for work, you'd come home and your shit would be moved around. That's insane.
1: But not like something little like furniture. Right. Because
0: she didn't like the way my stuff was. Well, this is the way I like it. And then not to mention, as we grew up, she gave us this sense of not not only self doubt in ourselves, but with the people around us. Um, she really set it into us that our dad was just this fuck up piece of shit and did not want anything to do with us
1: well even you know when I was with Bobby
0: and who is her two youngest child
1: dad dad. and she would just bash him our entire relationship and then a couple months ago she's like I just love him he's great I'm like
0: no and she'll start texting him like when you guys break up like hey it's Teresa what are you doing? How's your day? Oh, yeah.
1: It's like, what the fuck?
0: Fuck off, bitch. Get out of here.
1: Yeah. And I guess nonsense. she doesn't realize how close we are. Yeah. Cause he would be like, um, yeah. So your mom. And I'm like, well, I don't talk to them. So, right.
0: <laughs> like, and there's a reason. Like, right. Like, my daughter's dad, buddy, he doesn't even allow Tatum to go over there because it's just fucking pure chaos all the time. And, he knows how it is, and that's how much, even, like, with my past and everything, that's how much he fucking respects me or
1: Yeah, but knows. you understood a lot sooner than I did. So, you know, when we were still going over there and stuff, I'm like, why can't you just for a little bit? And I just didn't understand it. And then, as yeah. weird as it may sound, through the abusive relationship that I was in with David before I even saw that abuse for what it was it was starting to open my eyes to like how she was abusive right and it was such a healing thing to like sit down and be like I don't want to tolerate this anymore but I still even up to a couple weeks ago when I took the kids over there wanted to believe the good in her And then when I talked to my therapist, she was just like, you are a transactional love. Like, it will never be what you want it to be.
0: Yeah, and that's a shitty feeling, too. I don't think a lot of people even speak on... It's a grieving process, dude. It's a fucking grieving process because... To grieve the living. The people that you're cutting off, the people that you're setting boundaries for are the ones that are closest to you. And the ones that don't respect it obviously are the ones that are closest to you and the ones that don't respect it you're going to feel the need to cut out of your life and that shit right there fucking hurts because you want them so badly to be what you you need and for a minute you're like you just won't even be able to wrap your mind around the fact that they can't
1: yeah of going back and forth and i think that's my biggest thing i think it is maybe a little bit easier you can tell me if i'm wrong for you because you guys were never as close as we were.
0: We never bonded since I was born. Yeah. We never had that, like, motherly bond, like, mother-daughter bond. But
1: because she made me, even though all she was really doing is pinning me against you, but she made me the people pleaser of her. And in that, I thought, I didn't see it as people pleasing or control. I just thought we had a really good bond. Right. And it's still is like in my head you know today I'm like she's a narcissist tomorrow I'm gonna be like I just want my mom but I can't have her
0: yeah and I think you're at a stage this like I've already gone through that stage you know what I mean like and sometimes it's it's not that I've gone through that stage because sometimes I still go back to it if that makes sense like and it's kind of just like a revolving because door. Because healing
1: isn't linear.
0: Right. Right. And and it's like I still find myself yearning for a mother figure. Somebody to like mother me. Somebody. Yeah, I'm that 36 years old.
1: And be like, oh, hey, so yeah, this happened. And like not bash you. Yeah. Just be like, well, you know, I'm really proud of what you did accomplish. Or, right.
0: Well, not, and, and not only that. i have never been told that. Right. And, and not only that part, I think it's more, for me at least, like the actual like motherly duties that I crave. Um, like somebody to take me out to lunch. Somebody that, like, and I think, so if anybody that follows me on TikTok, when Rainbow Nut Butter sent me that care package when I was really sick and they sent it to my front door through, like, DoorDash or whatever that was, GoPuff or something, and they sent me all the, like, Vicks and the Theraflu and all that, that meant more to me than anything. Because we've never had that. Because, yeah, like, mama would take care of me when I was little when I was sick, but, like, after a certain age, she was like, fuck this, I'm done being a grandma kind of deal, you know? Yeah. And I crave those kind of things so it's like is rainbow nut butter my mom now I don't know and (laughs) you know like rainbow nut butter are you my mom I I don't know and I'm sure Tara is like if she ever listens to this she's like yeah I'll be your mom you know but I I still find myself yearning for that motherly like love and affection and I'm not a very affectionate person but I think that's why we are not like that we don't
1: know how to be like that but we're aware so we try
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're definitely self-aware of it and I I definitely try to be more affectionate than she ever was to us. Oh, and the difference is
1: not only are we self-aware, we are constantly researching and of ways to heal ourselves to be a better human for others, to be a better experience for others and their healing For our children. Yeah, breaking cycles. And we still, at least we're open with our kids. We're not the perfect parents. We never will be perfect. No one's perfect. But we are open with them like, hey, you know, sorry if you felt this way. Like, I'm aware. I'm changing. I'm doing what needs to be done. We can admit our wrongs and take accountability. And I think our kids
0: recognize that.
1: Definitely. I've had such deep talks with my kids and like they just understand and they're more open with me because of that. At first I wasn't. I was kind of like my mom in a sense and I would try to hide things from them like it's not. I saw that. And then one day I was like why like even when you were on drugs at first I wouldn't tell them and then you know it was like sweep it under the rug. And then one day I was just like, no, I don't want to hide stuff from my kids.
0: Yeah, because I remember saying something in front of Colson and you, like, looked at me. I think you, like, kicked me under the table or something. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Why can't and you're, I? like, looking at me like, no, 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 he doesn't know. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, he might know because my kid knows. Like, my kids <laughs> know. They, she knows. Like, she knows. I was blowing down on some drugs, bitch.
1: <laughs> so then... You know, I did go back, and I talked to him after that, and I was like, do you remember those times that, like, Aunt Crystal would come over, and I'd kind of kick her out, and he's like, yeah, or, you know, the times that you begged to stay the night with her, and I said, no, there are reasons for that, and these are the reasons. I didn't go in detail, obviously, like, she's out on the corner or something, like, smoking meth, but (laughs) I did just let him know, like, it was for your best interest, and it was unsafe, and just always trust what I have to say because it'll never be against your best interest
0: right and that kind of goes back to how like you kind of didn't understand when I didn't let Tatum go over mom's I had to kind of explain that to her even at like a younger age because Camden was over there with mom and Tatum would always be like why can't I go over there and like the hurt unhealed version of me like when I was still like on drugs would literally look at her and be like because she's a fucking psycho that's why because she is a fucking psychotic bitch and not realizing that this is a way that the generational fucking fucked up curse in our family is going to go right into her soul and just take over completely so once I started healing and i went to rehab and everything I realized like by the way Nana might be a psychotic bitch but this is really how it is and this these are the things that she has done and this is the reason and these are the reasons that you can't go over there but I also wanted to ask you um what did your therapist say about letting your kids like letting the boys go over to moms like did she give you any like feedback on that
1: No, we didn't even talk about that, because we were back and forth between mom and David and narcissism, and it was really a lot, because I kept, like, looking at her, blaming myself, like, how can one person have so many, like, because you do hear people throw the word around, so, you know, I want to be careful with my words, but, you know, she validated that, she's like, you know, I can't, I'm not their doctor, so I can't say that they are, but. They definitely, from what you've told me, have narcissistic tendencies. And um, she just, I just kept saying to her, why do I have so many narcissists in my life? How does one person do that? Am I the problem? And, you know, she was just like, you were in a relationship with your mom who was a narcissist. And then you found someone who felt like home, who was a narcissist,
0: and who who filled you with the same feelings that mom did, basically. Yeah. You know? But once
1: again, a transactional
0: love, if yeah. that's what you want to call it, or relationship, period.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that she said that, because also when dating Bobby he was like our dad and I would always be like why do I date these people that are like our parents but that's because they felt comfortable comfortable. it was a comfortable secure feeling because that's all I knew and now that I've healed I'm like I'll never live with no man ever again (laughs) I'm never dealing with
0: any less than what I deserve Right. and I have found self worth and But it's so cool to see, it's actually, it's a beautiful thing to witness that now that you have started healing, now that you have healed, how quickly people fall off the bandwagon, how quickly, I mean, it wasn't very quick, kind of, it's been years actually, but how the evolution of the relationship like of time has evolved your relationships with each individual person in your life now that you've made yourself a priority yeah and you know that you know your worth and that's the cool thing like for for you guys listening right now once you start accepting yourself and once you start making yourself a priority because I think that a lot of us grew up in this like facade of a world to where putting yourself first was and selfish. Yes. Loving yourself, putting yourself first, making yourself a priority and doing things for you was like a fucking selfish act. And it's not. It's not because, and I've been told by numerous people that have fucking degrees in this shit, you know, that's if you don't put yourself first and yourself is, you're not okay, everything else falls to shit.
1: Yeah, if your cup is empty, you can't take care of your family and your kids.
0: And your mental health. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, your mental health is the biggest fucking thing. And you have to be aware of when it's time to be, to say no. And when it's time to be like, okay, I'm not putting myself first. And this is, these are the things that I need to do. Well, even
1: being a people pleaser in all my years, up until this past year. I always thought I am, you know, Kayla, can you work late? Yes. I'll never say no. I'm not a no person. I'm a yes person. Right. Kayla, can you do this for me? Kayla, can you do that? I always get taken advantage and I'm always like, yes, 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 yes. I'll do it all even though I hate making commitments. Right. And then I was watching this guy on TikTok. Um, I don't remember his name, but he has a book and everything. I'll have to wink his name is he a mixed man he is not or is he white. brown yeah
0: yeah i, I watch him too and i think. love
1: him like zeroni something yeah yeah okay love him love what he stands for and what he talks about and he was like if you're a people pleaser you're a liar you're lying to yourself and that was hard to hear and i'm like what i'm no liar i always tell the truth but he was like you're lying to yourself because you're saying yes when you want to say no instead of set- setting healthy boundaries he said because you think saying no is mean but no it's not mean and you're allowed to say no and you can say it in a nice way but I was always just like if I say no I'll hurt someone's feelings and now I'm it's still hard but I am not going to be uncomfortable and accept doing things for others when I don't want to so you know like or making people make me feel like I can't talk about something like with Coulson's dad when he tried to tell me how things were when we were younger about parenting and I'm over here like that is not the way it went down I'm used to everyone making me feel crazy and telling me like this is the way things happened when 100% I know the truth in my head and I could have let him think what he wanted to think just to not argue But I was like, no, no, that is not how it happened. Right. You can agree or disagree, but this is how it happened. Right. And you weren't sober at the time. So I don't know if you remember clearly, but I was 100 percent sober and a present parent. And I remember 100 percent what happened. Right. And I was like, basically, we can agree to disagree. And that's what we had to do. Yes,
0: I'm so proud of you for that.
1: Oh, it was that was the first time I, like, actually took up for myself. Right. And I'm like, you're not going to sit here and gaslight me about the past. I remember the past. I know what happened. I was there, too, bitch. Yeah. Because he tried saying mom took him to court to get an EPO. Well, then
0: it would have been between you all. Right. No, I took you to court. Right, this is between me and you. (sighs) Anyways. But, yeah, I... I don't know I'm just proud of you and it's really it's really just a beautiful thing to see how the people fall back when you when
1: you do the work and the healing the trash takes itself out baby it really does and that's the thing I that's what was a big transition in my life like the big turning point the pivotal point in my life is you know I started just taking your advice, and when you got me that book, and it was just telling me, like, you know, take care of yourself, basically, and so this time last year, I'm like, hmm, no, I'm not going to take this from my mom, I'm not going to do this, and then, slowly, I was changing and morphing into someone that had boundaries, and so then, you know, that's mom dropping off the wall and then eventually David. Right. Yeah, And you know, how many times had I gone back with him after he cheated and then I see him cheating again and it was just so easy to be like, no I don't deserve that. Right. (laughs) Bye.
0: And I want to know what other people that have like thick ass boundaries like that they stick to. Tell me what they are. I want to know, like I want to know other people's opinions and I want to know other people that have narcissistic parents what they do with their children do they let them spend time with their children do they just do they let them do Do they go over especially and, if
1: they have already been in their lives so. yeah
0: like do they supervise the visits or do they have still no contact because like I've chosen to have no contact with my mom and I know that a lot of people disagree like oh so your daughter has to have no contact too but it's been this way for a long time and I'll get an it's a it's a story for another day, but it goes with my son as well. And my son actually lives with my mom. And I know what some people are thinking that are listening to this right now, like, "Wow, she's a fucking piece of shit." But you don't know the story, so there's well, that.
1: And eventually they might, and that's accountability, you know.
0: Yeah, it we is. We aren't scared. Yeah, I'm not.
1: Our rug is flipped over.
0: I don't even have a rug, bitch.
1: Yeah, no rugs here. You ain't. I sold that motherfucker.
0: Under the rug. I sold that motherfucker long time ago. I cut that motherfucker up, actually, and burned it. Yeah. Shredded it.
1: Along with all the abuse.
0: Yeah, (laughs) along with all the fucking trauma. I shredded that shit and left it in Ironton, Kentucky. (laughs) Or Ironton, Ohio. It's not Kentucky, it's Ohio. Oh, gosh. Wherever I left that motherfucker in the river. (laughs) Right, exactly. I don't know. I just know that somebody out there is listening to this right now, and if you're dealing with boundaries or narcissism or even just a toxic relationship in general or even just like finding yourself and your ability to see your worth and you're dealing with mental illness or whatever it is
1: you're not even putting yourself first and putting yourself last
0: yeah it it's not selfish the emotions are only temporary and kayla and i are both here you can always reach out to us um I'm Crystal Frost on Facebook and truly Crystal Turner on TikTok. I'm Kayla Blake everywhere, (laughs) everywhere on the universe. And you can always reach out to us and send us a message and talk to us. We're happy that you're here. We're happy that you're listening. And um, we're grateful to just have you on this journey with us.
1: We hope that you know your worth today and every day.
0: And we will talk to you next week. We love you.
1: Thanks for turning in. Love ya.